0: Get fast, reliable speeds at home and on the go with internet and mobile from Xfinity. Switch to Xfinity Internet with unlimited data included. Plus, save when you add Xfinity Mobile. Go online, call 1 800 Xfinity, or visit a store to learn more. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Welcome to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. I'm Valeria, and I'll be hosting this series. Each episode will have a special guest who will share their story of success as well as their career advice and industry insight. Today's guest is Alexandria Morgan. She a model and YouTuber based in New York whose honesty about the modeling industry through social media is something I've always found very refreshing. Today we'll be chatting about her career, how she's overcome hardships in the fashion industry, and what fuels her passion beyond modeling. Hi, Alexandria. Thank you for joining our podcast today.
1: No, thank you. I seriously was so excited when my manager told me about this. I love podcasts, and I love what you're doing, so I'm definitely excited, too.
0: Awesome. What kind of podcasts do you listen to?
1: Okay, this is going to sound super lame, but I listen a lot to, like, the Bachelor podcast. Like, Oh, okay. You know, sh- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, it's such trash TV, but, you know, in this yeah. day and age, sometimes you need that. That no, I love good, The Bachelor. It's like, like good level.
0: <laughs> the one guilty pleasure I'll never get rid of. Like every year, I'm like, I'm not going to watch it. And then I do.
1: Yeah. i'm the same exact way and i just get roped in and then i find myself listening to podcasts about it
0: who are you eyeing this season
1: oh tyler c for
0: sure oh my gosh he's gorgeous
1: he is and like he's funny too in like a smart way yeah and he's a little he's a little too frat boy for me personally but i think that he's good for her
0: right that's what i thought he's really sweet (laughs) he seems really sweet
1: He does. Yeah, I just don't know how much longer I can handle Luke, though. Oh he's my just god. Like, oh god! Yeah,
0: I think Absolutely. next episode he's gone. Hopefully, God, I hope so. <laughs> we'll see. Aside from the bachelor, what are some things that you do in your free time when you're not modeling?
1: Oh, see, I've said this before, but I'm a true and true Capricorn to where I don't really know how to relax. Like, if I'm home. I'm either cleaning my house deep through or you know painting even though I can't paint I just feel like it's doing something but my main hobby and passion has definitely always been writing I grew up writing like short stories and poems and just songs I'd make up on my ukulele or a little bit of piano that I could play by ear but recently this year I got into playing guitar and like really focusing on like learning actual like music theory and song structure and that's been like you they say like your big passion is what you do when you procrastinate. So like when I'm supposed to be doing laundry or the dishes, I'll be like on the guitar, like strumming away. So I'd say that's definitely music is a big one for me.
0: That's awesome. And I've seen some of your posts on social media about the music that you sing and write, and it's, it's really cool. So let's talk a little bit about your career. How did you get started in modeling? And was it something that you were always interested in?
1: growing up I always loved fashion. I was kind of like that weird kid who tried to like wear feather boas to school and like a fake wig to friend's house for no reason. (laughs) I just loved like playing dress up. Whenever I had to do chores I'd put on this fake maid costume, be super dramatic about it. And of course I watched like the Victoria's Secret fashion show and I'd even have like with my sister we'd have like our own little fashion shows we'd, we'd do and stuff. But I never thought of modeling as something that I could be. I was like super self-conscious growing up about like my height. I remember like Googling how to make yourself shorter and I'd always buy the shoes that had like no soles, you know, like no lift at all. And I'd be hunched over all the time because I had this like so untrue belief that like my beauty was if boys liked me or not. And I was not the girl that the boys liked. I was like awkward and goofy. And so I never really felt beautiful because I just wanted to be like the short, cute girls. And I just never thought it would be something that I could do. And then for my senior pictures it was like my first ever time in front of a professional camera. I just remember the feeling of being in front of the camera, how much I liked it and how it brought this confident side of me that I had never felt before but I just kind of shelved that away and I was about to go to college I was going to study journalism in New York so that's what brought me here and then I would have people come up to me on the street like scouting me and asking if I want to be a model but I was always like stranger your danger and then um, I did work with a couple of my friends who were photographers in New York and I would just do shoots for them for fun and then a model manager heather bazone actually had mutual friends with one of them and she messaged me on facebook and was like hey no pressure i I love your look like i totally think you could do some modeling and do you know make some money on the side just like let's meet for coffee and talk things over and i'm so not the kind of person who usually is like oh yeah like you know social anxiety in me comes up and i'll be like oh sorry i'm busy or but in that moment i just like felt this like ping in my stomach of like I should do this so I met with her and instantly it was like one of those connections where you meet someone and you just know that like you're on the same wavelength from there we went and saw agencies and I signed with my first agent who was amazing and that's yeah kind of how it got started mm-hmm. and then I was in school and kind of saw modeling is just you know money on the side but then I started gaining traction and realized how much I really loved it I was doing pretty bad in school from like missing classes and stuff like that so I quit school and then just been doing it full-time since.
0: What were some of the most memorable jobs you remember like early on that really made you excited about modeling?
1: Vogue Italia yeah this is like the first big thing I remember getting and I remember going to the casting and I thought I was like more of a commercial model when I first started because I had a little bit more weight on me and I thought I would be more of like the swimwear type. When I got the casting for Vogue Italia, I'm a horrible self-doubter. I was like, should I even go? Like, I just doubted that I could even get it. So I went to the casting and I just had that attitude, which is not a good attitude to have. I remember the photographer had us go out into the streets of Soho and he just said, just walk down the street and pretend like I'm not there. That was like the casting. And then I get a call from my agent an hour later, that I booked it and it was just such a surreal feeling and it was with Vincent Peters who's an amazing photographer and the whole thing was shot on film at Coney Island and we were all in lingerie on this hot July day like walking around and you know of course people are hooting and hollering but I remember Elsa Hosk was one of the models on it and I had like looked up to her so it was so cool to be like oh my god my first job and I'm working with her.
0: Who are some other models in the industry that you look up to?
1: I really love Cameron Russell like she has a ted talk that's incredible about the reality of just kind of how people look at modeling as this easy and glamorous job and it's not always like that she's always been very vocal about that you know trying to help change the industry for the good i love tyra banks of course she had faced so many adversity to and worked so hard to get where she was on the level that she was and then also like built this whole brand and career for herself i love dalton too just because she's Gorgeous. And she's also like this amazing humanitarian and Mm -hmm. environmentalist.
0: Definitely. So not only are you a model, but you're also a growing YouTuber. And on your channel, you recently uploaded a video where you shared some difficult experiences you had in the modeling industry and with your previous agency. What made you decide to share your stories?
1: I decided to share just because I had for so long had this mindset of... And a lot of models feel this way, where you're afraid to speak out if you're not a certain level of fame or a nuptious model or a supermodel. Because your agency will constantly be belittling you in ways where they make you feel like you could be easily replaced. Which is true. There are thousands of girls. It's a very competitive industry. But it gets to the point where you just learn to accept things. And, you know, if you complain, then you're a diva. No one wants to work with divas. So, you just kind of bottle it up. All this that I went through made me realize that there's so many other girls out there who are probably feeling the same way. And if we all just keep thinking, we'll wait till we're famous enough to say it, well, first of all, it's not in the moment. It will be like, oh, yeah, I went through that and now I'm here. And a lot of girls don't get that chance. And I have this platform, and albeit there's girls who have bigger ones, but it's still something. And I just wanted to use it for good. And also just to show it's not all glitz and glamour. Some of the things I went into in the video, one of them being was, I had these Polaroids coming up, which are basically like mug shots in your underwear. And I had been training really, really hard for them uh, in a healthy way. Like I thought of it as how an athlete would train because I just thought of it as like part of my career. So I was eating super healthy, working out a lot and drinking so much water. I felt like I was in the best shape of my life. I felt stronger. I could actually do like three pull ups, which is like record breaking for me because I usually have no body strength at all. And I just felt strong, and that felt great. And I was severely underweight. I would—I mean, I don't know if this is triggering to people who have eating disorders, but I was 112 pounds at uh, 5'10", which is definitely underweight. So if I would have taken it any further, it could have dipped into the really unhealthy range. But I never wanted that to be me. Like, I never wanted to be that girl. The day the Polaroids comes around, and I'm feeling so great. I had just gotten a haircut. I was so excited. And my booker, you know, takes the pictures and says, you look great, you look fine, you look healthy. And healthy is sometimes, not all the time, but there's definitely connotations, and you can always tell by the tone. It's sometimes used in the fashion industry, and this is so wrong, to like say you look healthy, you look well-fed, implying that you look not thin enough, not like a model. And it's just so gross that they use a word that's supposed to be so positive in a negative connotation. Right. And then he goes to say that my thighs looked like they had bulked, and that was always an area I was self-conscious about. Like, I've always been naturally lanky, but I'm pear-shaped, so I carry my weight in my legs, my butt, which is fine. But, like, they had told me that's my problem area, and I knew that, so I was purposely taking ballet and Pilates and workouts that I thought were for leaning out the muscles but not bulking. And so he asked me, like, you haven't been taking spin classes, are you? And I don't like spin classes, I told him that, and... And he's like, well, what about walking? And walking is something, like, I hate going on the subway, so I'll walk everywhere. And just whenever I'm stressed or anxious, like, going on a walk is my number one way to calm myself down. And so he's like, what about walking? And I just explained that to him. And living in New York, automatically, you walk everywhere. And he goes, maybe you should walk less. That quote alone... That's crazy. That quote alone... Yeah, just, just telling a woman, like, to lessen her path so she'll be smaller and that was one of those things I'm like I've developed a pretty thick skin over the years but I'm like if he's saying this to me like what is he telling other girls and girls who are younger or underage because they have the power to critique you because it's part of your job Mm -hmm. and I think the industry is moving in a positive direction for diversity but there's still intense critiques of bodies and you know you can diet and exercise all you want but you can't shave inches off your hips when it's like down to the bone they don't think about that
0: it has a lot to do with a privilege in the industry like you see people like barbara Palvin being celebrated because she's Mm -hmm. a little bit bigger than your average victoria's secret model but it makes you stop and think about should we really be applauding the industry because these are just the people on the very top but there's so many girls who aren't being applauded when they're a little bit bigger than the average you know they're being told stop walking, which is kind of disturbing.
1: That's 100%. And this is not a knock on any nepotism model. I know that they work hard too. It's just, for example, I've done shows here and there, but I was never like a showgirl to where I was sent on a million castings during fashion week and doing like, you know, hundreds of shows. I do special requests. Like if a designer saw me and said, yeah, okay, she can go. So I'd do some here and there. I had just always been told, you're not a showgirl, you're too big when, you know, Bella and Gigi were the same, and Kendall were the same size as me. And it's like, they're applauded. I don't even get the chance to go to these castings because I was considered too big. Yeah. But this, again, I don't want to make this against them. I know, like, they work hard too. It's just kind of that double standard. Yeah, and
0: I think it speaks more about the industry than those models themselves. Yes,
1: exactly. At the end of the the day,
0: yeah, they're just taking an opportunity that's given to them. The industry doesn't really distribute those opportunities equally. I think what's the problem
1: I would 100% agree with that statement
0: it's always kind of blown my mind what models go through because more people are opening up about their struggles but I've always admired how thick of a skin you have to have to work in that industry and aside from that there's also you know staying healthy staying fit being present on social media traveling late hours all of that so how Mm -hmm. do you stay sane and mentally strong in your career
1: i mean it's definitely a lot more physically and mentally draining than most people think you know they think that it's lifestyles of the rich and the famous but it's a lot harder and physically draining i mean the flights alone and then you're rushed around and you're running on no sleep to these shoots where you're in you know six inch heels standing for like 13 hour days i'd come home and my feet would be like blue purple color and numb I mean the mental aspect of it too just the way that the agencies can belittle you and I think it's just really important to kind of have a life outside of it and Mm -hmm. remember that it's a career and you know you're a model but you're not just a model I have friends who are models but I also have a big friend group who are not in fashion at all and it's so great just to have that I guess sense of normalcy since it just reminds me of like Growing up, you know, like it sounds cheesy, but like remember where you came from and, you know, go home and go cook something or plant a garden or just find hobbies outside of it. You have to be like Hannah Montana in a sense, to where (laughs) when you're a model, like that's when you're Hannah Montana, but you gotta like just be Miley Stewart when you're chilling in your apartment. In
0: terms of the agency that you didn't have a necessarily great experience with, I think it's important just to share that you are no longer with them. And yeah. um, you got yourself kind of out of an unhealthy situation. What is some advice you would give to models just entering the industry or maybe models struggling with something similar that you were dealing with?
1: I mean, it was very hard. I was in legal arbitration for a year. Modeling is a lot about time. And the longer you're not building your book and working that, you know, the less chances you have of building it back up. My advice would be, first of all, I was signed by an amazing agent who really cared for me and worked for me, did amazing things for my career in the beginning, but she left and agents move agencies all the time. And so you can start off with someone who's amazing. And then when they leave, have a team of bookers who don't really care about you, which is kind of what happened to me. And also there's this whole stigma around the name of an agency. It's pretty easy to find out what agency I was with just by simple Googling, but I just am hesitant to say the names because, like, I don't think that they could do anything to me legally, but this could happen at any agency. When they wanted to sign me, I was like, oh my god, this is a top agency. Like, supermodels are represented here. You can so easily think that because they have this name, that they are going to be a good agency for you, and then also that they're going to be like a reputable agency and like no shadiness is going to go on. It could be the top agency in the world and you can have bad things happen to you. So my advice to models going into this, first of all, the power of having a manager is so important because my manager will go to bat with me to agencies and kind of be like, not the middleman, but just someone else who's there to support me and cares for my career. And the manager will Definitely have more intricate care and detail for your career. When you're going to see agencies, it's kind of cheesy, but like just feel the vibe. It's all about an agent who will believe in you. It's better to go to an agency that's maybe not as high-established if it's somebody who believes in you, because they will fight for you. If you go to a top agency, you can be on a board with a 100 other girls and just be forgotten.
0: That's really important for a lot of younger models to know, too, because especially with social media, I feel like it's easy for not just agencies, but the industry in general to have kind of like a smoke and mirrors effect where you're only kind oh, of sh- shown the, the good side of things. And it's not until you go through experiences like you had where you kind of realize maybe this isn't the place for me.
1: Absolutely. And then another thing is definitely, I mean, if you can hire a lawyer before you sign your contract and look it over through and through I, when I got mine, I just was so excited, like, oh my gosh, this agency wants to sign me. And then also, any verbal communications, always get it in writing. When my agent, who I loved, left my old agency, the director of the board told me, you should stay with us, we'll still care for you, we're still going to push you just as hard. Just give us, you know, six to nine months, and if you're not happy, then you can just leave. This was me and her speaking, just, you know, in a conference room. So there was no way to prove
0: that it happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really good advice. Um, And one thing you mentioned in your video was the fact that you recognize, like, you have a privilege as an American who speaks Mm -hmm. English. And a lot of models are coming from foreign countries who are even kind of less equipped because... Not only Mm -hmm. do they have to deal with this industry, but also a new culture, a new language and everything. Yeah,
1: well, I definitely acknowledge my privilege being like a white standard size model and then being an American to where I have this sense of girls, you know, who come here from foreign countries and maybe don't speak the language. They're definitely more at risk to be mistreated or be misled. Because they just, you know, don't have the understanding of the connotations of what they're being told and everything. A lot of those girls, too, I've seen fall into the trap of, I mean, not all club promoters are bad, but a lot of them will literally stand in Soho, which is the neighborhood they know all the models go around. And just go up to and like, hey, you want to come to this dinner at uh, at Cipriani or this dinner at Catch? like these fancy restaurants and they'll take these girls to these fabulous dinners but then they have to like go to the club after and they'll burn them out in this lifestyle of partying and drinking and drugs and really just breaks my heart to think of like the amount of girls i've seen fall into that trap what really needs to happen is there has to be some form of union for models there has to be i mean we don't even have there's no hr there's no human resources there's no place to report this and it's kind of almost like well if you say something your agency is gonna be pissed and then drop you that's crazy so it's like who do we have to tell yeah and so I know model Alliance has like a network where and and some emails you can send to and they're doing great things but I'd really love to see some kind of Union or even like a third-party HR department to where you can file grievances Mm -hmm. and also you know we're technically independent contractors meaning we don't work for the agency we work with them so there's no like health insurance or benefits like that they could somehow work that in because I really do think like a lot of models therapy would be definitely needed right you know myself included I mean
0: any other job any other industry like it's kind of unheard of to not have HR to not have benefits
1: yeah crazy. it's just the whole aspect is just because of the the title that you're filed under for your taxes, that independent contractor, to where you're kind of like your own business, which makes it hard, you know, sometimes to do. But yeah. that's another thing is, like, you have to have a good sense of, like, thinking of yourself in as, like, a businesswoman,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, the models who succeed and the models who push themselves to kind of surpass all of those barriers and obstacles in their way develop like a crazy work ethic and tough skin. So, I mean, I applaud you for going through all of that and still like coming out on top.
1: Thank you. I mean, it's, the you know, it comes in waves, but I'm I'm trying to ride it still. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> all learning experiences in the oh end of the absolutely day. hopefully things end up changing especially mm-hmm. if bigger voices in the industry speak out I think it would definitely make a huge difference
1: I mean I totally agree if anything comes from me speaking out and honestly there's still a little part of me that's scared that now people will be hesitant to work with me because they're like oh this girl said that what else is she gonna say but the thing is they should be scared of bottles because then maybe they'll treat them the right way Exactly. You know, and if I speak out and, and just one girl feels comfortable coming forward, whether it's anonymously through Model Alliance or some other network or publicly, then maybe it will be like a domino effect. And like you said, though, it's those people in power that truly hold the cards to make change. So until they say something, it, it's going to be um, a slow burn.
0: Despite all of those hardships you faced in the industry, you did say in your video and online that the good still outweighs the bad, and this is still a career you're passionate about.
1: Yeah, it's I love it enough to where I want to be in it and help change it for the better. It would be so easy to walk away and just be like, oh, it's a toxic industry, but... To stay in it and be like, how can I change this from the inside? is something I want to do. And I still do love my career. I love the creative people I get to work with. And, you know, the photographers and makeup artists and stylists and and hairstylists, those are some of, like, the best friendships I've made. And they've shared their story, though their jobs are different, but they've gone through similar experiences and mistreatment. You know, it's just like one of those dreams in my heart that won't go away. And I don't want you know, this bad experience to stop me from reaching my full potential.
0: I mean, not to be cheesy and say everything happens for a reason, but, like, you speaking out, you don't know what kind of effects that'll end up having. So I think that's important.
1: No, I totally, I'm all about that. Everything happens for a reason. That's what I tell myself every time something bad happens, you
0: (laughs) You kind of have to, right?
1: Yeah, it's the only way to get through it sometimes.
0: What are some goals that you have for both your career and personal life?
1: I really wanna just take my career to a new level. I wanna show that you can have setbacks and you can fail a thousand times and then get from the dark place and get back into the sun and have the sunshine brighter on you than ever before. Uh, career-wise, I really love doing beauty work personally. When the makeup artist is like painting these amazing like works of art basically on your face, I would love to do more of that. It just really fuels my creative side. And within modeling itself, I am just want to be the best I can. And like, of course, I'd love to work with Victoria's Secret and I'd love to book major campaigns, but it's more I want to fuel my career to be the best I can and use my platform to help make change. One good thing that did come from this lull of not being able to work contractually is this guitar that I've had in my apartment that I would try to play, but my fingers never could quite, like, stretch. And I would give up after, like, two minutes of trying. I just got bored in this time of not being able to work, and I picked up the guitar, and I started, like, learning to stretch my hands. And this love of music is something I really want to further pursue. And even if i can just, like, singing in dive bars...
0: You have a great voice. I think you should do it.
1: Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, yeah it's definitely, like something that I've always loved doing and I just really had that passion just like ignite over this past year.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy what struggles do for like the creative voice. It kind of just like pushes everything out. It's pretty cool.
1: For real, like I could never have written the songs that I did if I wasn't going through that pain. Exactly.
0: Philanthropy seems to be another passion of yours. You were part of the UN's World Refugee Day and I was wondering if working with them or other organizations, is something you want to continue doing in the future?
1: Working at the UN is amazing, and I'd, I'd love to continue to work with them. And I really want to get involved with local animal shelters that don't get the funding of, like, a bigger animal rescue organization.
0: Do you want to stay in New York? I know, like, it's kind of a hub for the modeling industry, but, like, long-term, do you see yourself kind of putting roots down there?
1: I, th- I mean, I've always Consider myself a little bit of a like gypsy woman, nomad. The thought of like buying a house scares me. Because it's like, oh my gosh, that's like that's your house. You live there forever. But then it is nice to have a sense of home. And I love living in New York now. I love like the fast like it's great for Capricorns because everything's so fast paced. And you know, you can get out and there's a million different restaurants on your block, and there's always like live music and there's so many diverse cultures. So I think I'd always want to live in a city. I Just the winters here are absolutely awful. That's the only thing. Yeah, I bet. Walking everywhere in the snow is not fun. But, yeah, it's also like a hub of modeling. But if I wasn't a model, I don't know, maybe like L.A. or Nashville. I say that, but I've been there like twice to Nashville. And L.A. I've only been for work, so that's like in and out. So it's hard to say when you haven't really you yeah. know, seen a city that much.
0: In terms of fashion, do you have a favorite designer that
1: you feel kind of speaks to your personal style? There's a couple, but one of them is Margie Kent, and she's mainly known for being the designer of Stevie Nicks' onstage wardrobe, Okay, oh, cool. and that's like my ultimate style inspiration, and she, she still has like lines released now, and so she's definitely my favorite just because that's my favorite look ever.
0: What is your go-to makeup look when you're off-duty?
1: Oh, I'm so lame. Like, I've literally been doing the exact same makeup, routine, like, go-to one for probably since I was, like, 19. That's why, like, I feel like people get so sick of whenever I post, uh, like, makeup routine videos. Because it's like, how many times is she going to use the Maybelline brow brush? And I'm like, <laughs> this is what works for me. Okay, I like it. So, I'm all about sticking up the eyebrows. Like, I like when they stick up. So I'll take the Maybelline brow brush and I have two of them, one that's full and one that's empty. So first I take the one that's full, give them a little life, wake them up a bit, give them a little color. And then I'll take the one that's empty and I dip it in my hairspray. And then I go over them to make sure that they, you know, stay standing up and pointed to the sky. Mascara-wise, I'll switch it up a bit. Like, I'm using right now, like, Snapscara from Maybelline. And I also love Roller Lash. I think that's my benefit. Uh, The Maybelline, like, blush... I say a lot of Maybelline well, wow, but this is, like, my mom grew up. That was, like, her go-to, so I guess I kind of just, like, incorporated it into mine. But the Maybelline Blush Nudes palette, there's just, like, this one brown shade, and I just, like, finger blend it on. And then I don't like foundation, so I'll just put on some BB cream and some blush and some Burt's Bees in the shade Red Dahlia. Best lip color ever. <laughs> and that's about it. So it's, like, quick and easy. And also, I'm just not the best at doing intricate makeup. Like if I had to do a cat eye, it'd probably take me like two hours and then it would still look just awful. So <laughs> I just try to stick to simple usually. The other day I tried to do blue eyeshadows and like, oh, I love how it looks on, whenever I go to shoots and they make, have blue eyeshadow, I love how it looks and I love that 70s vibe. But I literally was getting so frustrated in the bathroom and like the blue powder and the mascara was going everywhere. And I looked like a little four year old who had like gotten into their mom's makeup container. And then I remember like walking to Dwayne Reed down the block, and people are just like giving me this look, like who is this clown? Because I literally did look like a clown.
0: <laughs> they so, make it. M- makeup artists make it look so easy, though.
1: They do, and then they'll even I'll ask every time, and they like, they'll show me how to do it. I'm like, that looks so easy. And then I, I just, it's hard to do makeup on yourself. So yeah, or maybe I'm just like that bad. But they do make it look so easy. <laughs>
0: Well, it was great chatting with you today. And before I let you go, I'd love for you to let everyone know where they can find you on social media.
1: I'd say I'm like the most active on Instagram. I post stories pretty frequently. That's Alexandria to the max. Don't judge me. I was in high school when I made the name and Alexandria Morgan was taken. And (laughs) I, I was into like 90s flanks. I'm like... It makes no sense, but yeah, Alexandria to the max. Then Twitter. I love Twitter, by the way. I love that it's like a self deprecating so- social media. Like, it's not like Instagram where everyone's trying to, like, run their, like, perfect lives. Like, yeah. Twitter's like, oh my God, I'm so depressed today. I'm like, girl, me too. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, it's Twitter is AlexandriaMorgz. So, it's just Alexandria, M O R G Z. And then YouTube is like my biggest platform and I'm trying to post more often like this whole year with this stuff and made it hard but now I've got a couple videos planned and scheduled and that's just Alexandria Morgan
0: awesome well thank you so much for your time and joining our podcast today I love speaking to you and getting to know a little bit more about the industry and the work that you do
1: I was gonna say I love doing this like thank you for having me like I feel so privileged to be on this and it was so nice chatting with you yeah
0: likewise thank you so much to Alexandria for joining our podcast today Thank you to everyone listening and I hope you join us in our next Office Chats episode.